Everyone knows you should never take a physicist to a sci-fi movie. The same can be said about a biologist and a creature feature. We can point out how certain things are biologically unlikely or downright impossible, but that would be boring. So rather than pointing out what can't happen, why not ask ourselves, what if it was real? So using my super nerd levels of knowledge about biology, physics, and mythical creatures, my friends and I will explore how different creatures could have actually evolved on our planet and what they potentially would look like. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mac. I'm Mac. I'm Dean. And this is A Real Creature Feature. And today, we'll be talking about the Tooth Fairy. Ooh, Piss boo. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, before that, I want to get rid of, uh, get, oh, go over some stuff. So, like... I want to like doubly establish once again I am not an expert on any on anything really and I'm just giving out information for like story purposes because I was like thinking about this I'm like what what am I what am I doing because I'm like I want to kind of establish like I'm giving you ideas for how to like write for writing a story I guess to the universe like hey here's some ideas for how to write like maybe write these characters because I was like I just thought it would be kind of cool so and. so what you're saying is you're not an expert mm -hmm. yeah and what the hell are we doing here um proving me wrong that i am an expert on everything i see this is why i stopped watching rick and morty probably uh yeah we are talking about the tooth fairy so like we established uh earlier it's like you know when we're talking about fae they're you know probably from a different dimension but for this I'm going to be still talking like as if it's like, you know, from our reality, just to have something to go off of. OK, so I actually have a couple questions that I was like, ooh, how to start with. Um, how big are they? How smart are they? What are the teeth for? And what's up with the coins? So, I mean, we can go into because uh, I actually do know. Funny enough, about a month ago, I was listening to I can't remember the specific podcast. Um but they were talking about specifically Tooth Fairy lore because a um, an author of a book, which the book was called Throw Your Tooth on the Ruth, Tooth Traditions from Around the World by uh, Shelby Beeler, S-E-L-B-Y-B-E-L-E-R. The author of this book uh, got obsessed with, uh, with like Tooth Fairy lore after her daughter lost her first tooth. And so really came into where did this tradition begin and turns out it's a very eurocentric tradition it's mostly it's mostly in europe and a couple of other countries but every country apparently has their own thing to do with kids so um one of my favorite uses as far as like le as far as legend goes the reason why is to incentivize kids like the coin is there to incentivize kids to mm -hmm. leave the tooth behind because what the tooth fairy is there for, and this comes more from a lot of, is part of the legend and also part of the, and also it's used in uh, the book, in the Discworld books. The tooth Again. fairy. Yes, of course, because he wrote 41 of them and they're all good. They're all bare minimum good. <laughs> like, there, I won't say there are some fantastic ones and soul music, it, and I will say this right now, Hogfather is one of the best. The Tooth Fairy collects the teeth. Tooth Fairies collect the teeth in the Discworld books to protect children because they live in a world of magic. And 
the thing about it is, like, uh, it's sympathetic magic. So if you have a person's hair, blood, teeth, toenails, you can manipulate and control that person. So the Tooth Fairy cares so much about children that they go and collect the teeth to protect the kids from the real dangers of the world, you know? You know, not just the scary, bo- not just the scary boogeymen out there, but like the real people who would want to do real harm to children. Oh yeah, that's actually a good one. I like that yeah. one. And so, yeah, the coin is there to incentivize kids to make sure they leave the teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other countries, what happens with teeth are uh, a lot of traditions are you either bury your teeth in the ground as a symbol, as symbolism of your own growth, like a seed, and some you throw them on the roof. I don't quite know, remember the symbolism for that one, and in some it depends on where the teeth come from. The lower teeth are the lower teeth are thrown on the roof to promote growth, and the other ones and the other the upper teeth are buried in the ground to help keep you grounded. It's it's just everywhere has their own interesting tradition of what to do with kids' teeth, mm-hmm. and but yeah, the tooth fairy lore is very much in that place of where you worry about things like witchcraft and mm-hmm. things like that. It's mostly there as a tool to help keep your kids safe from, you know, other things. Or, you get your shot now. Say what you want. Well, obviously, they, um, there was a group of homunculi who are also called tooth fairies, and they were punished by the Pope and sent to New England where a lord. Blackwood owned a manor and they convinced him to rip out his teeth so that they would give his daughter back because they stole children and they turned the children into new forms of humunculi and they liked to have some extra teeth. They couldn't steal bones, but the Pope promised them they could have teeth and Lord Blackwood ended up being trapped by them and turned into a homunculi. And then years later, a little girl, Sally, opens up the ash pit and lets the homunculi out because she believes they're whispering me they'll be friends. But they're not friends. They took a razor and ripped apart her stepmother's dress and they planned to steal her to get more teeth. But... Thankfully, her stepmother saw the light and saved her and decided to bend her knees backwards and go into the ash pit to become their new mother to the homunculi and tooth fairies. Thank you, Pope. Hey, don't be afraid of the dark. I hate it. Hate it. Hate this movie. It's wonderful. I hate it. It's a heartwarming story about some innocent species that only could eat teeth because of the pope and they needed a mother and sally killed their father so if you ever want to know when we ever talk about that thing where something horrible and dark is whimsical this is the movie that this came from it's guillermo del toro everything is beautiful everything is heartwarming sometimes a nazi from spain gets his face Smashed in by a beer bottle. Not a Nazi, a fascist. Yeah, Spanish fascist. Yeah. Spanish fascist. But still, you get to see the lovely color of red. We literally watched Oppenheimer. We know about this. (laughs) It's it's just, 
Guillermo del Toro being a whimsical, lovely little old man. He's great. He makes wonderful stories. I would tell these stories to my nieces and nephews to bed. They would just curl up all warm and heartfelt and be able to be like, hmm, tell us about the old grim story tales. I'm telling I'm telling your sister. I'm gonna, about if this. I could reach through this camera and crush you, I would. For some odd re- weird reason, I completely forgot to even look up anything about the Tooth Fairy, so I'm happy you guys had that. Uh, I was looking up entirely different approach. Okay, so, okay, well, now that we've given, like, our own legends and movies and myths from it. Guillermo del Toro did have another version of the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, Hellboy, in Hellboy, Hellboy. too. Yeah, I, I, have, uh, I have the art of the movie book in front of me. And yeah, it was just kind of interesting how they approached it, like just for physicality sake. Uh, these li- weird little guys. Like, I'll, I'll show you a picture. Fairies. Ah, uh, look at them. Oh, they they look like the little guys from uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but yeah, the wings are based off like uh, the, how how it's written in here is like that they're more uh, translucent leaves. That's what they look like. And yeah, nice. spinning little legs. Their nostrils are actually on like the top of their head. Oh. Yeah, like all this other stuff. And it was actually very interesting. But it also seemed like their main purpose of it was to get calcium. Yeah. Which I don't really know what they were using that for. But then they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you know, it also has a lot of calcium. Bones. Bones. So they ate everything. Only the bones and teeth. That's what they eat. Do do plants need calcium at all? Or is it just nitrogen? I'm going to get to that. I have reasons or not reasons. I have a a lot of this planned out. So I was like, so some of the things that I wanted to establish first is like, how big are they? Obviously they're going to be small because they're, we're labeled, they're being labeled as fairies and they have to be able to fly. So they actually have to be fairly small because the bigger something is the bigger we've established this a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, How smart are they? I'm going to assume that they're actually going to be, you know, fairly smart, probably higher uh, than five on the intelligence spectrum for like on D and D level stuff. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, humans are 10, so they can be anywhere from like five to 20 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because they have to be at least somewhat smart because they are bartering with humans for the uh, teeth. Yeah. And that implies, you know, some level of intelligence. Once now, we introduce the idea of society. Yeah. Uh, so that, hence the reason, like, that's why I'm like, that's what the coins are for. Cause it's like, Oh, they're bartering. They're like, hey, you are just going to throw this away, but we would like to, like, you know, we don't want it, like, you know, broken or anything like that. We want it kind of more pristine. So, hey, we will pay you for this, subs- this so and we would take what you don't want. So that's why we're not going to be, you know, giving you a lot of money for it. Yeah. And uh, so then I was like, well, what? So the main thing I've been looking into is, like, what could they be using the teeth for? Uh, so I was like, if they eat the teeth... How often do they need to eat? Because, you know, children are being eaten in their beds. So it can't, you know, it's like there's some interesting factors because I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of kids losing it, losing teeth all around the world. But, you know, if you want a sustainable population, you need more access to ready materials. Yeah. So it's like because they talk to the Pope. Well, but what if and I'm just saying this, what if outside of that, because. What would be easier to do other than, say, collect these teeth? If it's really that they're looking for the calcium and they can get that from Boone, you know, why wouldn't they just, you know, talk to their, you know, especially bartering, 
talk to their local butcher, you know, get some beef bone. Get Now, they also could be doing that, too. Uh, so then I came up with a couple different scenarios of what we could be t- using. So uh, first, I'm like, I want to figure out, like, what our teeth made out of. So this is actually very interesting. Like this. So this is from Colossal Dental dot uh, O C oh co dot uk and i just loved how this one kind of started because i I just googled what are teeth made out of and this how it starts whilst your teeth and your bones may share some similarities most notably in both being of uh, strong materials and sharing some color uh color with a u because it's you know britain uh they are not the same teeth are not made out of bone bones are uh, consistently cycled and rebuilt uh, and remade, but your teeth aren't. Your teeth don't fix themselves. Yeah. But your bones do, which kind of sucks. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so your teeth aren't bone. They're bone-like, but they're not. And uh, so then I was like, okay, then what are teeth made out of? Your teeth com- are composed of four dental tissues. Three of them are, uh, teeth of the teeth are enamel, dentin, and um, semtium uh, are the hard tissues, and the fourth is the pulp. The pulp is uh, basically just connective tissue, and it's a it's a soft tissue, and that's like where all the nerves and everything else are, and it it's in uh, the pulp chamber, and that's a space in your. And yeah, I was just going through all this like uh, enamel is just a hard calcified tissue covered, it, that covering the dentin in the crown of the tooth because it contains no living cells. Teeth enamel cannot repair itself from decay or from wear. Only dentists can uh, correct these um, conditions. Uh, that's a gum. Uh, dentin is also a part that's beneath the enamel and the semtium. It contains microscopic tubes, small holes, uh, or hollow tubes or canals. Oh, tubules. That's why I'm describing it that way. Uh, when dentin loses its protective covering, the enamel, the tissue allow oh, the tubules allow heat and cold and acidity or sticky foods to um, simulate stimulate the nerves so like you can still kind of feel stuff with your teeth but not really feel anything yeah and then uh, sentium is a hard connective tissue covering the teeth root giving attachment points for the ligamentations so yeah it's like all this other stuff. And then, yeah, teeth are uh, made mostly of extremely hard material mineral called calcium phosphate. And then I went and looked, what can you use calcium phosphate for? Calcium phosphate is used to treat calcium deficiencies and that may be associated with low blood calcium because you need uh, calcium in your blood and parathyroid disorder or osteoporosis and other bone conditions. Like, oh, well, that's a very important material. It also aids in bone development, um, is crucial in the formation of, uh, for infancy and adulthood, but calcium does more than just make strong bones. It's very important for healthy digestion. Calcium aids in the bile acid metabolism, excretion of fatty acids, and health, healthy gut microbiota. Or biota. Iota. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, this is a very important thing. And then it's like, it's also used in a uh, buffer in foods. So buffer, like you can like for lower and raising, uh, adjusting pH values. Mm-hmm. That's what we use in chemistry. And it also stabilizes 
as stabilizer in plastics. It is used in manufacturing milk glass and is also used to produce fertilizers. To which I had to look up what milk glass was because I was like, what is milk glass? Basically, it's just like a it's a whitish glass. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And but so it's like, okay, cool. This teeth can be very useful. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. So it was like, okay, so let's say that they use it and they are like, okay, we are just basically collecting all this stuff so that we can use it for ourselves, or maybe they sell it to other fae or anything else like that. The the calcium phosphate. Or mm-hmm. and they produce and then they it's able to be used for production of other stuff later. But then I'm like, well, that's but then like you said, couldn't they find these bone the calcium phosphate from other sources? So I was like, okay, yeah, that's true. So what grows on teeth specifically? Plaque. So I was like, plaque is a sticky film that coats teeth and, and contains bacteria. If plaque is not removed regular basis, it actually hardens. It calcifies. That's what tartar is. It's hardened plaque. <laughs> uh, yeah, pl- uh, dental plaque is a sticky film of bacteria that con- is constantly growing on your teeth. It's um, normal to produce plaque. So I was like, rather than like maybe they're using this material to like, uh, that could they just crush it up to get the calcium phosphate? What happens if they actually are just using it to farm plaque? And that's like their main food source. It would make sense then why they would be, you know, wanting to get more teeth. And everything yeah. else like that and be willing to uh, pay for it because they're like, hey, this is actually something that's very important that we need to survive because we eat plaque, which also would uh, make their their heads look drastically different. Yeah. Then like, you know, these little guys with like, you know, big teeth that you, like, you saw, I you would see in uh, the uh, Hellboy 2 movie, to which then I looked up other animals to see what animals like eat back to eat bacteria. And uh, they're like, you know, flatworms and shellfish uh, can suck on uh, bacteria. So then eventually I'm looking at more and more stuff and I'm like, I see a picture of like a slub slug and stuff like that. So I'm just like slowly imagining a slug with wings. I was going to just say that. <laughs> or at least a, sl- a slug head maybe on a like a little yeah. fairy body. Well, I mean, I always feel like it's got to have at least some form of like hands or some sort of like a mandible yeah. just to. I mean, unless they're just, you know, doing like more of the caterpillar thing of just yeah. running mm-hmm. over it. Yeah. Running over it and just giving it a quick. Yeah. Yeah. Gumming it. Yeah. And I was just like, this went really weird <laughs> to just like now I'm just imagining. Yeah. Uh, basically, from our perspective, a faceless tooth fairy, I guess, or mouthless. But it's just yeah. more of like a fleshy, gooey spot. Because yeah. uh, some of the ideas I, had, I was having for, like, to draw this guy, it was basically the generic uh, farmer stereotype, wearing a straw hat, piece of um, wheat sticking out of his mouth, and wearing suspenders, because I was, like, using the teeth and to farm. But then I'm like, oh, this is going to get weirder, because it's just going to be like that, but without a mouth. Just basically, like, a big hole in its face. Yeah. Or it could also look more like a, like a tardigrade, their mouths. Ooh, yeah. Because I... I also re I started watching the new episodes of Futurama. I have not seen them yet. I, and they I, have they have a giant tardigrade. Hey, I've seen a giant tardigrade. He was in the Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. His name was uh, his name was Mulholland. Oh, huh. also in uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Well, to be fair though, Mulholland is actually a hive mind of tardigrades all put together. <laughs> but Would make sense. It's a yeah, but it's oh, 
if you haven't seen it, highly recommend Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. It's really well. And it's only one season or two. No, it's three. Three. We haven't seen. We haven't actually watched the last season. But don't worry, I have the DVDs. Whoa. Before Netflix gave up on selling physical media. That's the road we're going down now. Yeah, I'm still buying physical media. Well, when you can, when you can get it. Yeah. So, because uh, this is also relates to uh, Guillermo del Toro, kind of. So Guillermo del Toro and um, uh, Mike Mignola from uh, Hellboy, you know, yeah. the guy who invented Hellboy. Um, they both talked about. So when I like, I talked about the pen again. Pen, I can never remember how to pronounce a stupid Southeast Asian vampire's name. It's basically. Yeah, Penagal. Penagal. Yeah, that's it. Uh, they were because in the in the Hellboy comic, they actually refer they like they do an issue with that, and uh, they talk about how um, Guillermo del Toro and Mike got along because they both read this particular book that had a story about that, and it was called "The Passport to the Supernatural." And yeah, it was just like stories from around the world, weird stories from around the world. And uh, I always I always want to get a copy of it, but I can never find it. I've only found one real one copy ever, and it was in the Stevens Point Library. Oh, nice! Passport <laughs> to what? Supernatural. Oh, he's writing it down. He's gonna be looking for it now. It's a good book. Well, I'm sure it is. No pictures though, so that's sad. And also, I haven't looked for it in a while, so. So one version of the Tooth Fairy is a slug with wings, wearing overalls and a straw cap. That's my uh, my that's my version right now. <laughs> that's weird. Of, yeah, it, it's weird, That's but weird. it's also uh, very, it's very peaceful. Well, it seems like it would. So the idea is like, would it only go after teeth then, or would it actually also try and go after like, let's say, like something happens in the woods and you have a pile of bone, you have a pile of after the fact, like, you know, deer bones and meat. Would it go after the deer bones, too? I would think so. Because, yeah, like think. About, but I don't know if uh, like, let's say, like we're saying it like plaque itself does plaque also grow on bones yeah uh, i wouldn't think so one of my questions is when you were reading that they had leaf-like wings it made me just wonder you know you've got your pitcher plants you got your uh carnivorous plants and they all are looking for something that is missing in their natural environment uh nitrogen for like the Venus flytrap. Yeah. And um, there's a pitcher plant that actually puts like honey on its lid so that shrews have to climb up and sit on, uh, sit on the lip of the pitcher plant. Mm-hmm. And that dew that it releases also has laxatives in it so that the shrew uh, <laughs> shits uh. into the plant and feeds it, and I think that's also nitrogen that they're trying to get from the animals. A lot of things. But this, but this pitcher plant makes the animals shit to get their uh, nutrients from it. So my brain started wondering, like, do plants need calcium or enamel or anything like that? Calcium, yes, because like I said, it's uh, calcium phosphate is used in. Um, fertilizers because i was just my what i was thinking of is like a story where um they it would be a plant that ends up growing would be found in cemeteries 
And this is before they, you know, any idea of bartering came up. And I'm just trying now I'm trying to think of like how how a sedentary plant would have something. It could be actually a combination of things. You have the plant itself that houses a specific species of insect. And so the insect goes out to homes, so kind of like gets the, the teeth. Well, it's like the Keebler elves, because they live in a tree to make cookies. Like, that's the only thing that I was, like, relating it to, because it's just like, uh, here's this thing that, you know, lives inside of a tree. So something that lives inside of said plants. And then, yeah, you ne- they use that, uh, the enamel or whatever that you get from the teeth, and it helps the, ch- the plant grow. And then they live off the plant. Going along with the farming thing, there's the leaf cutter ants. Yeah. And they cut the leaves and bring the leaves back and are actually farming the fungus yep. that grows on it. So my I, my thinking, you know, this just shows we start from common things and we could come up with two extremely different things yep. where I've got a plant that needs calcium or nutrients to grow and there's a species of insect that lives in it and to help with camouflage like praying mantises they they grow leave uh grow um wings that look wings like wings that looks like leaves okay yeah i mean it's a good it's a good idea for a symbiotic relationship yeah what and hey you know what Maybe these are where the holders come from then too. All, you know, if it's a if it's a group of bugs, they get the people over there. Oh man, we are in danger. <laughs> We're in danger in our new world. But oh yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. to have like some really old. Oh, do a story where some kids stumble upon this tree, and it turns out this tree was on an ancient cemetery cemetery because there's um. Issues with our cemeteries nowadays where they're losing funding and closed down. And so it doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, What do you mean? Well, no, they're losing funding like and they're shutting down. Like, what do you do with a shutdown graveyard? It just sits there and it eventually could disappear because I'm I'm thinking of like Roanoke or, you know, someplace that had a cemetery lost it lost people who were interested in it or all the people moved out of the town and so now all the gravestones have had time to decay decay or erode and so you'd have you'd have these children on the east coast who stumble across this weird plant that actually was you know was there because there was a cemetery to grow in and there was a steady supply of calcium from bodies and what have you i um i mean the thing about this discussion with the tooth fairy is there are so many different directions you could go for Mm -hmm. especially because i know that we try and take it from a biological biological perspective yes you know somebody's trying to fill a niche yes you know and that's you know, super interesting, especially in the sense of, you know, it would be useful. You know, it would essentially be, again, another part of nature's, you know, cleanup crew. Yeah. 
Which... Like when, like when we got the new TVs, and the first thing we're watching is a bunch of rotting animals. We're like, this is the weirdest demo screen in the world. And then uh, we figured out how to turn on the volume, and it's like, oh, this is a nature channel. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. But it's, you know, you know, I mean, that would be an interesting concept because then we can at least have the tooth fairies be, you know. You know, a peaceful creature who's just yeah. biding its time waiting for you. Yeah. You know, there's nothing malicious. There's no darkness falls. There's no don't be afraid of the dark. You know, there's none of that stuff where you have to think about what this, that this thing's out to. It's there. It's out there to get you. It's ant. Yeah, it's ants and fungus. Yeah, it's going to get you. What was it? Uh, I, I think I brought this up before, but I just want to reiterate it. It was the notion of. When people are like, oh, what is the dominant species on Earth? And it was like, well, that's a stupid question because it's like, it's nonsensical. Yeah. Uh, like, you can like, oh, yeah, humans. But it was like, a way to think about it also is like, what if this animal or if this thing went away, how much of a big of an impact would it make on the rest of the world? What is your criteria for judging the dominant species? That's exactly. the other issue is like. Yeah. Yeah, we have control of a lot of it, but we get outnumbered by insects. Like, if all the spiders decided that they wanted to eat us, they could take care of us in one night. Yeah. it's Or, or, or the other way that I was thinking about it was, yeah, the ramifications of this one thing going away. If all the spiders went away, how screwed would we be? Well, that, uh, that would be bad. Well, we won't have to worry about the mosquitoes because that one kid made the thing that kills all the mosquitoes. But I can't remember exactly, but he made a device um, that's supposed to be relatively, like, safe for everything else. But it traps mosquitoes and it apparently works to a T. Like, that's at good. least that's very useful because the number one killer on the planet is mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, out they, that, they outpace humans. Look, we're just not trying that hard right now. We're busy, okay? We're busy trying to live. We're busy trying to live. We can't murder each other while we're too busy trying to we're live. We're busy trying to fuck up the rest of the planet. The, look, look, the billionaires are having us fight each other for sport. What are we supposed to do? But yeah, so, but yeah, that's the thing about it. It's like, uh, if bacteria went poof, uh, we would be just covered in, in our own filth. Because it just keep piling up, piling up. Because, like, that's where leaves go. They get de destroyed by bacteria and fungus and stuff like that. That's how they decompose. That's, that's how decomposing works. Things that don't just degrade. Things are being, you're being eaten. Well, my mulcher would like to have a word about that. Yeah, that's how mulching works. Yeah. Well, really? My blades have bacteria on them? Yes, actually. Boo. But that's incidental. Great, now I'm going to have to disinfect You mulch it blades. to make it easier for the bacteria well now i've learned something we still have some time here what else do we need to know about these things do you have anything interesting it's real fast yeah no uh plaque is a sticky film that was your last note yeah I, on a final note plaque is a sticky film that turns into tartar which protects your teeth and now i have words with my dentist he keeps taking away my plaque and i'm sad this is going to be a relatively short one i probably you know or I not who knows? Well, we've been at this for an hour and a half, but I guarantee you, we've been talking about this for about an hour 15, maybe. And of that, we did have a couple of diatribes that I'm definitely dropping. Yeah. 
So what should we talk about next time? I feel so sad when I was growing up and I've forgotten it. It's been a hell of a week and I should have written it down. I I have nothing. I am ashamed and embarrassed, you know. Shame. I'm sorry. Uh, So we haven't actually decided on what we're going to talk about. Yeah, no. I mean. Should we do the thing again? We can do the thing again. I didn't think of anything so yeah if i can remember for next time i'm gonna write it down because there is one i specifically did want to talk about but i I, the week has been so bad i just completely my mind i'll be right back okay just get the d6 i'll get the generator ready okay okay volume five okay it goes to page okay uh goes to page two eight seven seven when you feel cozy, tell me to stop. Stop. 120. It is the... Okay. The ghoul okay? or the, the Lang. The Lang? Uh, L-E-N-G. But yeah, ghoul or Lengul, I guess it could be. But uh, it looks like it's, yeah, just probably... The, yeah, Lengul's. Uh, semi-canine humanoid has rancid green flesh and hoof-like feet, yet its eyes sparkle with the gleam of intelligence. This makes me feel like we are going to be almost dealing with a satyr-esque item here. Uh, the ghouls of the nightmare dimension of Lang are uh, are far more powerful and more intelligent than their lesser kin that haunt the and that haunt and caper in the lonely graveyard. Well, I think basically we're just going to be talking about ghouls. Well, let's do it. I mean, well, I mean, look, we haven't really talked about any like ghost-like things, really. You know? Yeah. Let's deal with some let's deal with some ectoplasm. Well, ghouls well, aren't ghosts. Yeah, ghouls are closer to are the predecessors to zombies and are in the family of vampiri. Depending on the stories. Yeah. Um in a thousand nights in a night. Or a thousand tales in a night? I can't remember. Are you uh, talking about the the a thousand and one Arabian nights? Yes. They talk I think they had something about that. Ghouls. <laughs> They're talking about a day and a night and another day. Yeah, I can never because yeah, like uh, I nah, yeah, I could go more into that when I don't have the knowledge. Okay, ghouls. Ghouls. All right. We'll, well see you I... next time, boys and ghouls. <laughs> I'm 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 hanging up now. A real creature feature is created by Matt Kuklinski, starring Matt Kuklinski, Michael Seaman, and Dean Snow. Any questions, comments, artwork, or general inquiries can be sent to realcreaturefeature at gmail.com. You can view any submitted fan art and pictures on our Instagram at a real creature feature. Some episodes were recorded weeks in advance due to our current sporadic recording schedule. Any comments left will be seen and addressed at some point, and you will be credited unless you tell us you wish to remain anonymous. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on the podcast app that works best for you really helps us out also tell your friends enemies and total strangers about the podcast they might enjoy it too and that can bring us all closer together i'm gonna start committing to five dollar tuesdays at the theater mm-hmm. we went to see uh teenage mutant ninja turtles oh my gosh it was fun it's real fun i don't i get to see it again in a week yeah I don't doubt it. A lot of times, yeah, they people who make those movies like Ninja Turtles generally are fun. They're pretty enjoyable most of the time. Well, and they did they did a couple of good things with it. 
that I liked. They hit an aspect that I think tends to get missed in there is that emphasis on teenagers. Yeah. You know, they're... yeah, this is the first time you've got actual teenagers voicing the characters. Uh, how you guys doing? Kind of like that. They're, it's very fun. They did such a good job. And the it's kids like, are great. It's like Stranger Things, only with kids. Yeah. With kids. What am I saying? Turtles. Uh, turtles. Yeah, yeah, I was like Stranger Things with kids. Well, now they've aged out of the uh, they've aged out of the show anyway. At this point, uh, uh well, yeah. Um, but except uh, the sad thing about it is that I don't know if he was like the executive producer of the movie or he was a like producer level guy from what what who produced it? Uh, Paramount. Paramount. It was from Paramount, and he was like, "Yeah, we're no longer going to be working on uh, new IPs. We're only going to be working on." redoing old ips it's like hey you don't come out and say that even if that was your plan you're cutting yourself out of a market here you know yeah yeah and that too you're i mean maybe not cutting yourself but you're certainly restricting yourself from avenues that you can actually make money with it's it's all it we were talking about this on the way back home it's the problem of it's nostalgia baiting yes it's and nostalgia doesn't allow for anything new now granted like i said the the turtles movie was fun it was great and they took that in a new spin but so many of them are you can only do that so many times before you start to become stale anyway yeah ninja turtles are just weird in general because i'm like how many different shows have they had uh this would be i believe six i I believe it's six they had Mm -hmm. The original, the original that we all grew up on. Yeah. Then there was the early two thousands release on Fox. Yeah. Wait, and are you, uh, are you talking just movies or no, TV, are shows. You, TV shows? TV shows and movies. Oh uh, well, because I'm not gonna. Then, I, I'm oh, not counting uh, the movies yet. I'm just doing the shows. Oh okay okay okay. Because otherwise, I'd have to count the live a- the three live action movies and they're yeah. And they're the a live whole... action. Yeah, there, there's so many different iterations of it. Yeah. There, there was there's a there was a time one, in the in the yeah. late nineties later 90s that where they further mutated yeah and i think they could like go back and forth between those two forms i can't remember i that would have to be the early 2000s one because they really no no this was in the 90s this was the the early 2001s was actually very solid this one was like not (laughs) i didn't care for the early 2000s ones personally um although i will say later it got really interesting when they started to go into some you know, they where they got into some more kidified versions of like the comic book stories. Uh, but uh, I really like the 2010s version that Nickelodeon did, the first CG one. I thought that one was neat. Um, and then they did another version, which was Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was 2D animation. I didn't care for again. I didn't care for it. If other people liked it, I'm not here to judge. It was fine, but it wasn't for me. It, it's just. It was a little too much like the all the turtles had too much of the same personality, which is it's supposed to be the idea of them having different personalities that they can bounce off of each other. Yeah, though, that was also one of the things about like the first cartoon. How different were their personalities? Well, let me put it this way. More different than this one was. Just remember, Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool, but rude. And Michelangelo is a party dude. Yeah. Um, though this is actually really interesting. I was watching a dude, uh, he, like he had a clip about this from the original movie 
it was like so there's a scene where you see uh a turtle punching a punching bag and like really going releasing his anger that was michelangelo yeah so then there's also like later in that sequence uh you see Raphael yelling at the moon he's like yep. splinter <clears throat> yeah yeah that wasn't uh Raphael was that was it? actually Michelangelo they just hey. dubbed over the voice weird because you can actually see his nunchucks oh interesting and, yeah and the guy was like oh they've been laying this ground like well not not really but it's like they were laying this groundwork of uh the last Ronin for a really long time then yeah <laughs> the whole Michelangelo going dark yeah I want to read the original. They're interesting. Eastman and Laird was really trying to go for something with it. Yeah. And because, uh, yeah. I mean, since it was black and white, there was no distinction. And you just and there was apparently no distinction between how they were characterized. Yeah, not originally. But they also like the original stuff is like they were it was just like there. And I think they're more they because they taught when they were like uh, the toys that made us series when they're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they're like yeah we kind of were just making these guys up and stuff like that and then we got lucky because they're like hey want some, want toys be made out of you guys yeah. and they're like sure <laughs> I mean honestly it was probably I mean let's face it it was the right time for oh, that yeah. that late 80s that was the time where you could have really you know if you had the right hook you could get a kid to play with those easily oh, yeah. no question you're telling me Ghostbusters I had yep uh one of the Ghostbuster guns whole play sets of Ghostbusters whole turtle sets aliens yeah men in yeah. black even that was like yeah just... that was a weird that was a weird time too yeah when they were making yeah. toy lines based off like R-rated movies oh that you is you can be a marine and take down the queen alien oh Star Terminator Troopers. Oh, Terminator. Oh, or the RoboCop cartoon. I mean, we lived in a very interesting time. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Cartoon uh, and animated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Toxic like, Avenger animated. Well, that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was just weird. After learning more about... Because I never watched Toxic Avenger when I was a kid. Because yeah. I was a kid. And I, you shouldn't be watching that when you're a kid. No. <laughs> I but caught then part of it as a kid, and then they also had the cartoon, yeah. and that was usually played back-to-back -back with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes animated mm -hmm. series. Oh, yeah. No, and I was watching, like, I think I was just out of college when I saw the entirety of Toxic Avenger for the first time. I'm like, yeah, that the late 80s, early 90s was a crazy time. And it was definitely, and it was because it was off studio. It wasn't yeah. an official studio because I'm like, in the first Toxic Adventure movie, you see a kid get killed. Oh, yeah. That wasn't in the original theatrical release. They put that back in for the director's cuts. Nice. Yeah. And they, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, because I think I saw it with you. That was the. Yeah. Probably that night. Because yeah, I was like, they, they run over a kid. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, because I'm also thinking about like Toxic you know, Avenger shows up at uh, Terminator, or that's mm -hmm. my head cannon. Yeah, and gets oh, hit by the other monster oh, yeah. bad guy, and just explodes into chunks. Oh yeah, oh that, like or even like RoboCop, an entire thing about corporate about corporate greed. And it's like this is nuts. Yeah. This is a kids show now. Yeah, and it was like. Here's a sat satirical uh, movie about like all this hyper violence and all this other stuff. And like, you know, yeah. it's not good. And it was just like, 
well, let's make a kid show and like really lessen the blow. Yeah. Ugh. Honestly, it was the crazy Ted Turner. I'm going to yeah. blame him because I feel like it came along with his uh, um, Captain like, Planet. I was going to say, but he gave us Captain Planet. He saved the environment, Dean. I, uh, the, the two versions of it, uh, where it's like the robot chicken. Save the planet or I'll fucking kill you.